I feel like I'm right there next to you. Only difference is I'm not freezing cold and I'm not paying a crazy amount of taxes. So that's cool. Welcome back to HR Talk with Ricky Baez and JC. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to HR Talk, Human Resource Talking. It's our pleasure to be here. I'm JC up in the uh, cold, cold north and all the way down in sunny central Florida. The man, the myth, the legend, Ricky Baez. If anybody have ever seen The Empire Strikes Back from Star Wars, JC looks like the the planet of Hoth where he's at. It's just nothing but white sheets in the background. And it looks like it's that bunker, that ice <laughs> bunker that uh, Darth Vader is about to bust through. And Han Solo and the Wookiee and everybody's about to take off in the Millennium Falcon. That's exactly where J- what JC looks like where he's at. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, Ham, Ham Solo. Ham, Ham Solo. Solo. That goes through Ham. my head. I'm like Revenge of the Pork. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, I don't know. Oh, Ricky, I am, I am I'm in so much pain, I can't even tell you. Um, Why? Yeah, right before the program, I, I did my uh, ceremonial drive up to uh, the corner store uh, just to grab an iced tea right quick and come back. And, and I had started the truck before I went outside. Now, mind you, today is a, a very temperate and, and mild day. Uh, we're about to have a high of maybe uh, 15 degrees, a low of, of like two, you know, oh. and it just started snowing a little bit. So I, I go outside and I've, I've got all my stuff on, you know, my boots, my coat, uh, trucks already running. I turn the corner as I'm heading to open the door of the truck and right underneath the freshly fallen snow is this huge patch of ice. And in that moment, my boots said, JC, we love you, but we'll catch you later, brother. And they flipped out from under me. They just, they just flew. <laughs> they flew into the sky. There were my boots. They're gone. And I see my body slowly moving towards the concrete. And I'm thinking to myself, in a split second, my gosh, is my phone on that side? I have to call Ricky soon. Oh, no, I'm actually falling. Remember that cartoon or commercial or the things I'm falling? I can't get up. Oh, my goodness. I remember family that fell onto ice before and broke their hip. Like, all these things are rushing through my head in a split second. And next thing you know, boom, I'm on the ground. And my hip takes the brunt of it along with my arm. And the adrenaline, no. the adrenaline kicks in the adrenaline. Ca- I felt like the incredible Hulk. Let me tell you, revenge of the pork <laughs> supreme. I, I lift this hefty body up off the concrete and I, I dust off a little bit of the snow and I look around just to see whether or not one of the neighbors are looking over their shoulder because I'm thinking for a heartbeat. Maybe they're going to come rescue me. Maybe they're going to come save me. And I'm like, no, it can't happen. I'm all alone. And they're laughing from their window. Yeah, no, pretty much they would be. I know I would be. I mean, man, you see this this tubular fat man go to the ground like that. My goodness. You know, so I get up. I've got all this snow, like, matted in my hair, and I don't even have hair. You know, it's like, it's, it's just everywhere. And I, I sit down in the truck, and now I'm, I'm like, I'm going, you know, because, like, you know, the adrenaline kicked in, and I'm like, I'm surviving, you know, and... uh I go to turn the wipers on in the truck and because I started remotely, I had to still put the key in or something like that. So, I'm like, yeah. okay, I got to pull it together, pull it together. And I, I pulled it together and I'm here. And 
it worked out. But man, let me tell you. So while I'm in the truck driving up to the corner and they're talking about the the weather and, and how mild it will be today with just a minor chance of snow, maybe an inch or more, you know, uh, they start talking about the average temperatures around the U.S. and how the, uh, the southwest is going to struggle to get out of the 60s today. And uh, the central Florida region is probably where you want to go and be right now. It's going to be into the 70s and 80s. And I'm like, I, I turn the radio off. I turn the radio off because I'm like, I'm going to hear all about this anyways in like 10 more minutes. That's you know? right. Yeah. That's right. Well, wait. So I had a, it's, it's, it's interesting you bring that up, man. I've got a similar experience this morning. So normally on Sunday mornings, you know, it's actually every morning I cook breakfast. But on Sunday mornings, it's a special treat because my son, he loves his pancake sandwich. And for those of you who don't know, pancake sandwich is the uh, McGriddle from McDonald's. Oh, you can't beat that. Oh, man. So I wake up and uh, I'm like, all right, every Sunday, right before the show, I go downstairs, do what I got to do, hop in my car. So I got out of my uh, garage. You fell on ice. No, 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 I didn't. No, I was exactly what happened. Open up the garage. I asked Google, um, what's the weather like? And Google's like at 75. I'm like, all right, it's a little bit rainy. So uh, I almost slipped out of my my flip-flops as I'm walking to the car because it's wet. But it's cool. I'm in shorts. I'm in flip-flops. I don't know why, JC. Well, I'm I, in Florida. Yeah, no. I'm thanks. in Florida. That's why. I appreciate it. I, I drive over to McDonald's. <laughs> they're not paying for this. But I go over there and, uh, you know, it's I greet the same lady, same sweet lady. She she reminds me of my aunt. Really? She's like, yeah, she's like, you know, 60 years old, always bubbly, has that, like, it's has that weird Puerto Rican accent that you have the accent after you've been here for 50 years and there's no reason for you to have that accent. <laughs> right? <laughs> Hello, Ricky. How are you today? I'm like, oh, I'm doing good, Didi. Everything good. Everything uh, good. I'll the, tell you, your, same aunt, thing? your aunt could say hello to me with that accent anytime. Let me tell you. <laughs> I love her. I yeah. love her. And same thing as always? Yeah, same thing. Let me get the uh, two pancake sandwiches and uh, I'll get my coffee. And I get my coffee, come back, and I get out my car, and I take out, um, you know, just just walk in. No harm, no fault. I didn't slip because there's no ice. My flip-flop didn't get stuck in me because I can wear flip-flops, and I have shorts on. Dude, and I don't pay state taxes. I love this state. This is the best state ever. <laughs> I love living here. <laughs> well, we were, just, so, uh, we, we were just granted the opportunity to be maskless outside and in stores and public places for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Pretty wild. I think That's all the right. uh, I think all the lawsuits kind of piled up on that one, you know. <laughs> but it's uh, it's okay. Still send your kid to school wearing one. You know, it, the interesting thing nowadays is, uh, you know, a lot of people still have that mental trepidation about getting together in groups and places. But as as things begin to relax, things change. You know, it, it was just yesterday I took a drive over to the mall because I could go without a mask, and the place was packed. Tons of people just walking about. Everything was like normal. You swear I was in Ocala. It was beautiful. It was like <laughs> it was it was like heaven or, or uh, whatever that other place is. What's that? Destin or Lakeland or I, I, don't, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Uh, beautiful, beautiful oh, stuff going on. Popka, popka. 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 Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful times. And, and uh, the point of my story on this, Rick, is um, as time goes by and, and times continue to change and evolve. This is where people become more comfortable living life like normal again. There you go. And there's no reason why you can't be normal with Ricky Baez and I coming up this April in Port Canaveral. Isn't that right, Rick? 
That is correct. April 20th, 2022, the 25th annual. 25th, JC. That's a quarter of a century. For those of you who didn't know what that meant, 25th annual Space Coast HR Conference. There's still, there are still tickets available. SpaceCoastHRConference.com. Come check us out. JC is going to be there manning the uh, the MC duties all day. I'm going to be there as well in the podcast booth all the way in the back. That's where they keep me, all the way in the back. Just <laughs> put me in the back, throw me some food and uh, and some some. Hey, I'll, some, I'll some be over there with you throughout the span of the day, though, too. You know, we like to do a good red carpet special, ladies and gentlemen. That's so right. if you are going to the show this year, uh, much like you saw last year and, and the year prior, uh, the booth will be open, and we're going to be yes. in the room with you. Okay, so you just have that opportunity to come on by, sit down and chat with us real quick. We want to know who you are. We want to know about your stories. If there's anything that you want to talk about, more than having to do a impromptu interview and then either make that part of our red carpet special or pop that out and use it during one of our upcoming podcasts. But with these HR conferences, there's things you have to do throughout the year. You know, like I do. Just like uh, real estate people have to go do their different certifications and get their credits, you got to get your credits too. And what better place to get them than with us in an amazing facility with brand new carpet, right, Rick? Man, I tell you what, I don't know if that brand new carpet acts an extra hour of uh, HR certification, but uh, I'm sure it does. <laughs> but yes, this is if if you are looking to get recertification credits, what a best, what a great way to do it. Spend a day with us, have fun, have a couple of laughs. This is not your normal HR conference. I don't know why. There's great people there. There's great speakers there, and JC and I are definitely going to be there. So it's going to be a blast. I'm going to tell you something right now. Part of the HR Talk podcast program from here leading up to the conference, you will have an opportunity to learn a little bit more about those speakers. And today, we are proud to announce Ricky Baez had the opportunity to sit down with Sam Slay and learn a little bit more about him and what he might be talking about, as well as his background. Let's go ahead, give that a listen right now. Hello, folks. We have a great guest for you today. The next guest that we have has, well, I'll tell you what he does, right? He spent 24 years in law enforcement as as an officer, investigator, trainer, administrator, and chief of police, focusing on the power of people and the power of enthusiasm. Later on, he was hired as the chief of operations for a leading wireless internet company. Then in 2005, he opened his own consulting firm and seminar company, 357 Solutions Incorporated. In 2014, he began helping organizations by providing leadership seminars, HR coaching, and facilitating organizational and cultural change. He recognizes the the worth of the individual employee's contribution in the workplace and the failure to foster their contributions is like waiting for a wrecking ball to to dismantle your organization. He is also an author. So he's the author of the Amazon bestseller, Work Jockey, Work Less, Live More, Accomplish More, and Be Happy. Ladies and gentlemen, I would love to introduce to you today, Mr. Sam Slay. Sam, yes, how you sir, doing? How you, you going? How you doing, sir? All good? Outstanding. Excellent, excellent. Sam, so I'm reading this. Now, you and I have had a conversation before we started recording, and yeah. I'm reading this, and the one thing that stands out to me that I'm like, wow, I don't think I've ever seen that before, is somebody transitioning from, from the, uh, uh, the law enforcement world 
into the HR world. And normally I see people transitioning from operations into human resources, from different areas into human, they just land there, right? But no, you came from putting criminals away, being shot at, dangerous professions from beginning to end, to the cushy world of human resources. So it's, I kind of want to focus on how that happened. And, uh, and you're also a keynote speaker at the 25th uh, annual uh, Space Coast HR Conference coming up here in Cape Canaveral, Florida on April 20th, 2022. Um, so I would love to hear what you, it's, what you plan to talk about to all the HR professionals and business leaders over at, at that event. But, uh, but let's start from the beginning, Sam. So what got you into law enforcement? Well, my great uncle was a chief of police. Uh, several people in my family were in law enforcement. And uh, my first experience was about eight years old, pumping gas into a police car at a city yard, a, uh, at the Panama City City Yard, to be exact. Okay. And I watched those guys walk around the car. You know, they had the guns and the badges. And I heard the radio blaring. And I'm like, well, that would be cool. Of course, again, you're about eight years old. Yeah. Then I rode around in my uh, great uncle's uh, unmarked car a couple of times. And I thought, wow, this is cool. A little undercover thing going on. <laughs> Caught my first burglar when he was eight years old. He was trying to break into a local elementary school and I uh, saw him prying on the window. And I told my uncle, I said, Unc, there's a guy breaking in that school. And my uncle doesn't have much of a, a sense of humor. He said, uh, boy, if I turn this car around, he said, there better be somebody breaking in that school. He <laughs> thought I was fooling around. And sure enough, uh, luckily for me, he turned around and that kid was still trying to get in there oh, with wow. the crowbar. So that was the start of it. And the good news with that is uh, in 2000, I became the chief of that same agency that he was the chief at. Okay. Uh, sidebar, I didn't tell anybody. And here's why I figured half the people probably loved him. The other half probably hated him. And maybe I just ride the fence and do it my way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so, so that's kind of, that's kind of how the whole thing started. And I started at, uh, 19 years old Okay. and, uh, retired out of Panama city police department as a uh, lieutenant in charge of community policing after 20 years and took the chief's position, uh, next door at Springfield. So that's kind of how that uh, started. Awesome. So, you know, it's, I know, I know to me, it sounds a little bit, not odd, but just very different. Somebody transitioning from, from, from being a police officer into HR, but it kind of makes sense though, right? Because you made it all the way to the chief of police, right? Which essentially is the chief of people for the organization. And I've always told my students and I've always told all my clients that in any organization and in any career, the higher up you climb into that career ladder, the less technical you have to become at your job and the more people centric you have to become. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it, yeah, because you have to, as a leader, you have to be able to influence people. You have to be able to, you know, to just connect with them and just, um, not convince them, but help them realize that how their talents help the organization move that needle from A to B. So I see that you, Shortly after that, you transition after becoming the uh, the uh, the chief of police. You transitioned to work uh, to uh, to BHR in the telecommunications industry. Is that correct? I thought I read. Well, that. actually, actually, it was just chief of operations. I was going to op- uh, handle the field operations. Got it. Got it. And uh, later, I decided that was not the gig for me, mainly because of the management style. <laughs> I, okay. I wasn't really impressed with the way they were managing. And a, actually, a friend of mine uh, invited me to an HR meeting and told me about it. And I said, what, 
what is this? Tell, tell me something about it. And she said, well, oh, you, you, you're, you're doing leadership training. You're coaching people. You're consulting. Uh, you ought to meet these people. And again, to make give you the Cliff Notes version, that started the next process. As soon as I got there, you know how you get nominated for things as soon as you appear at an organization. Yeah. I became the director at large, and then the next thing is a VP, and then the president of the organization. And uh, went through that. We didn't have any money, didn't have a website, weren't incorporated. Mm. But yet the organization was called a personnel administration, had been around yeah. for over 20 years. And you, you can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> so put money in the bank, incorporated the organization, built their first website. And I was the first one actually to go to HR Florida. Oh, and uh, when when I arrived, I did. I had no idea that that happened. But when I walked in the door, I tell people, I said, I got an absolute standing ovation. And they said, really? I said, well, the reason I say standing is because all the tables were standing. <clears throat> they were high tops and they didn't have any, they didn't have any chairs. And the reason they clapped is because nobody from our chapter, Bay County Sherman, had ever been to that meeting. So they were so excited. And I'm like, okay, what's this about? You know, <laughs> well, you, you, Sam, you're the, you're the first one from your chapter to come here, I said. And so the next thing you know, I'm a district director with HR Florida. Oh, wow. And <laughs> operate at that level uh, for probably about six years. And then I had to step back from that. So that way, you know, on the consulting and the training side, you don't want to be considered just one of the gang, you know, yeah, <laughs> if yeah. you're, if you're an expert, you kind of have to be from out of town with your own briefcase. So I'm sure you've heard that. I've, I have. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. So, so you started th- your, your uh, consulting company in 2005. It's called 357 Solutions. Um, am I to assume that's uh, after the nomenclature for the weapon or is there a different uh, idea behind 357? Nope, and, and you're probably the first one that got it. And here's how it happened. I was 19 when I started. I could not buy a gun and my parents had to buy my gun and ammo and it was a 357. And what was particularly interesting about the 357 is it was a mismarked gun by Smith and Wesson. It was marked as a 38, but it was actually a 357. And I didn't find out till I went to buy ammo. And that model that was sense. supposed to be, yeah, supposed to be a Magnum. Make a long story short, when I started my company, I thought, ah, 357, that's pretty good. <laughs> and, and the sidebar with that, when I, I went through tr- uh, leadership training and coaching with another company, and their company was called 360 Solutions. So when people found out my name was 357, <laughs> they never picked up on the gun part. They go, why are you 357 and you're, you've partnered with 360 Solutions? I said, I couldn't afford the other three points. <laughs> so. I was going to say, like, look, it, it's I can only do 357 points. There was three more. I just stopped right there. Trying to be different. I get it. I put the uh, the weapon thing together because I'm like, okay, well, he was uh, he was in law enforcement, so I'm pretty sure that has something to uh, to uh, do with it. Um, yep. So look, you know, once once you um, once you have a a really long career um, in law enforcement, and then you leave law enforcement to go into a civilian organization, what 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 was the one thing that said, you know, what this isn't for me? I need to start my own organization because I I. I'm assuming you just didn't share the same leadership strategies and values that you were seeing in corporate America or in the civilian world. Again, I'm just assuming on that, but I really want to know what was the one thing that said, you know what, this is, I need to do my own thing. 
Well, it, it wasn't just that because I still, I'm still involved in training law enforcement. Okay. I'm also an executive director of the law enforcement advisory panel. Uh, so I meet with uh, police chiefs all the time. But the one thing I saw lacking in nearly every organization was leadership. And I know that sounds cliche, but follow with me for a second. Okay. The, the goal was a lot of people, particularly like city county managers and a lot of CEOs, they're good administrators. They're really good at what they do. They know the budgets. They can talk the talk. Uh, they, they struggle to walk the walk sometimes. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that they can do from their position that they're not usually adept at, and that is influence the, the, the uh, employees. Mm. In other words, what I mean by that, they, they can set the culture, they can set the standard. And I, and I go a little bit further than that. You know, that's not for everybody. Like some people are good at math, some people are good at creative arts, and they're not always one and the same. But if you're the CEO, you know, you need to be able to do that. And if you can't do that, then hire somebody who can to be your number two mm. and let them lead the organization. You handle what you do best and we're not reinventing the wheel. Now, vice versa. If you're really good with people and you just hate the numbers game, granted, you have to oversee that as the CEO. But the reality of it is you can lead the troops and let an administrator who loves to cross the T's and dot the, I, uh, dot the I's, let them do that. And then you're in your environment. And see, that's kind of where I'm coming from. And if you think of it from an HR perspective, they got the best of both worlds. Mm. They're, they're part of management and they're really the conduit between the employees. And I don't think they take enough advantage of that. Mm. Uh, I think that, you know, if you asked an HR professional and, I, and like in your case, 21 years in the HR business, if I asked you, who do you represent? What would your, what would your gut reaction be? Who do I represent? Right. Who do the, you represent the organization? Well, I represent the organization, the best interest of the organization. Yeah. Okay. Now I would, <laughs> okay. I would come at it in a little different uh, uh, caveat. I would say you represent the employees and the organization because if neither one works effectively, they'll both suffer in the end. In other words, if you make a policy or protocol that's good for the organization and really bad for the employees, the organization will suffer. It may not be immediate <laughs> and vice versa. If you create something for the employees that hurts the organization, well, guess what? The organization fails. The employees are unemployed. So I'm glad we're talking about that piece because I said, you know, it, it, it's a, I get that question quite a bit, right? Because people are trying to paint me into a corner. It's like, are you for the employees or are you for the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the managers? And I tell them neither. I'm for fairness, right? And fairness always, always benefits the best interest of the organization. So I'll give you an example. Um, when a manager comes up to me, and says, hey, Ricky, so-and-so is not doing so well. Um, I want to put them on a plan, or I want to get this person fired. The first thing I'm going to ask that, that that manager is, what kind of coaching, what kind of tools have you given that employee? Oh, blah, 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 blah. Or if they haven't done it, all right, let me see what you have done with the other employees. And if, the, and if I see any inconsistencies where it points to this manager is trying to just get this employee in trouble because he doesn't like this employee, the issue is not the employee. The issue is the manager. So right. now I'm having a conversation with the manager, with the manager's managers about how he or she is is, uh, is leading the organization. And maybe we have to put the manager on a, uh, on a, on a plan. 
And when I tell that to people who don't know the inner workings of HR, they're shocked because they're like, are you supposed to back them up? I'm like, no, I back up the best interest of the organization. And if I get a bad manager out of the way or I coach him and train him up to do good for the organization, then that is the best interest of the organization. Um, it, it, so, so that is a really interesting question that, that you bring up. Can, can, can I just say something real quick? Sure. Um, going back to, uh, to, uh, you transferring over, um, it, it's, it's when you start to see that people need to be more influential and, uh, um, and you said that when you're having a conversation with a leader and maybe that leader doesn't have the leadership skills he or she thinks they do have, how do you tell them that they're not the leader they think they are and they have to hire and number two to take over those responsibilities? That has to be a hard conversation to have, right? It, it's a near, it's a near impossible conversation. <laughs> I mean, because they really think they're good at what they're doing. And, yeah. and I, I do something I call indirect coaching, meaning I can't always talk directly to them. Uh, now, obviously we'd prefer to talk directly to them because we get, you know, from point A to point B a lot quicker. But sometimes I need to be talking to somebody else and let them overhear. Yeah. Because oh. then maybe they're not feel like they're being attacked and they're like, hey, what he's telling Joe over there, you know, that kind of applies to me. I could do that and, and be much happier because I love admin, but I'm just not good with the people. Or I'm really great with the people, but I'm not as good with admin. And it's an indirect conversation. Oftentimes I will tell you that most of the time the direct conversation is very difficult, if not impossible. Well, yeah, uh, trust me, I've been involved in a lot of those conversations and, you know, at the, at the first part of my career, Sam, um, I used to get so upset when a leader just won't listen to my advice. Right. <laughs> it, it's just, I used to be so, just so mad. And then uh, years ago, one of my, one of my professors asked me a question that changed my course in my career. He's like, Ricky, why are you so upset? It's not your business. It's their organization. All you're doing is advising. And I pause for a second because right? I'm like, damn it, that is a really good point. And ever since that one question I had with that, with that teacher, um, I tell all of the students, I'm like, look, Whenever you're coming up with any kind of advice for your business partner or the leader of an organization, always put on the hat as what would you do if this was your business, your organization, and you had the keys. Right. But remember, if they don't follow your advice, it's not your business. It's not your organization. It's not your keys. It's entirely up to them. And that has helped me so much. Sam, because it, it's, it took, I took that, that deep hurt when nobody listened to me. And now I'm like, look, you got option A, B, and C. Option A, you're going to have less of an issue. Option B, moderate. Option C, look, I wouldn't go that route, but if all else fails, let's go with that. Let's put a strategy together. And if they pick the one that I don't want, all right, no problem. That's on you. There you go. And that's helped me quite a bit. So interesting you see that piece. Now, Fast forward right now to uh, to a Space Coast um, HR conference, which you are a a, a keynote speaker. Um, what is the main thing that you're going to touch on? What do you want the audience to walk away from that event? My goal, if it works out, as I hope it will, and that is to get them to totally rethink the role of HR. Uh, now that doesn't change the things that have to be done. I mean, you're, you've been in the business 21 years, so you know, but what I want them to do is I do want them to be the conduit between management and the employees, not the mediator. 
the conduit about how do we get Ooh. the uh, best out of the employee and the organization. And, and it goes back to what I was saying a minute ago. Always look for a win-win. If you look for a win-win, nobody's going to complain. It's like me coming to you as an employee and say, look, I'm gonna, uh, I, I'd like to give you a $10,000 raise. Your, your response back would not be, well, who's going to pay the taxes? <laughs> Whoa, I'm just giving you ten grand. You don't worry about who's going to pay taxes. You're not our kind of employee, yeah. you know. Or we, you know, usually when you have a policy manual, what happens in a policy manual? You don't pull it out unless somebody messes up, right? <laughs> True. That's that's when it comes out. You know, what if you were focusing on positive feedback more than you do constructive criticism? In fact, I may bring that up. Ooh. We'll see how it plays out in the okay. talk. But, you know, I, I like to ask somebody in the audience, hey, uh, I've been noticing you this morning. And if you don't mind, would would you mind me giving you some constructive criticism? Well, most people, you know what they're going to say is politely say, oh, sure, 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 go ahead. And then I would look at the audience and I say, now, didn't you cringe when I said that? Wondering what I'm going to say to this person that might upset them because I'm talking constructive criticism. First off, nobody in your audience wants constructive criticism, people. I'm going to tell you <laughs> what nobody else will tell you. The reality is they want positive feedback. Yeah. Now that positive feedback doesn't mean you're going to ignore bad behavior. doesn't mean you're going to uh, you know, not deal with the bad employee. It simply means if you focus more on the positive and less on the negative, guess what you're going to get more of, more positive. That's true. And that's philosophical. Yeah. The other thing when you asked about goals that I didn't mention is, I want them to rethink their job completely. For example, if you talk to a lot of HR, I say, how many of you are busy? Everybody's raising their hand, right? Mm -hmm. Well, first off, I don't believe they're all busy. I think that's the, that's the normal custom is to raise your hand and say, oh, you're busy. Cause what would you do if you told your boss you weren't busy? Give me something <laughs> else to do. More to do. <laughs> that's right. But, but the reality of it is if you're busy from eight to five, you're doing it all wrong. You're doing it absolutely all wrong. You have, 24 hours in a day, you got eight hours to sleep, eight hours to work, eight hours to play. You got 40 hours in a work week. Now, we know and we both know that we're working people way too much and producing way too little. And that's kind of where the book yeah. comes in. Work less, live more, accomplish more, and be happy. The reality of it is, to you, your time is the most important thing. To the employee, or I'm sorry, to the employer, it's your talent, even if they don't know it. Now, what do I mean? You think prime oh, go ahead, you're going to jump in. No, 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 go ahead, because I do want to hear this. Go ahead. Yeah. From the time perspective, it's not how long you're on the clock. It's what you can accomplish while you're on the uh, clock. It's not the number okay. of hours. I, and I'm a, I'm a big advocate that we, anybody that we're working consistently over time, we should change that mantra. Now, you, it's easy for me to say, hard to do, but the reality of it is, first, you have to incorporate that in your life. Yeah. For example, I was working with a city manager a few years ago, and I told her staff, I said, you need to take your break, you need to get away from this building, and at five o'clock, you need to go home. Now, I didn't know how she'd take that, but I was there, like you said, to give good consulting advice. Yeah. She spoke up and said, you know what? I need to do that. She said, <laughs> I can't remember the last time I left my desk to go to lunch. I usually bring it with me. And I sit right there and have a 15 minute lunch yeah. and I'm back to work. We're not getting the productivity that we think we are. And I want HR to say, okay, first off, they think they can't make all the employees better because they're too busy doing what they do. Hmm. Well, they're right. 
They've got to rework that. They've got to rethink. In other words, if a 40-hour week for them, if they're busy that 40 hours, like I said, they're doing it wrong. So what you got to do is say, okay, what is it that I do that is an absolute total waste of time? And I'll give you an example. I was working with a nonprofit a few years ago, and one lady raised her hand in the, in the audience, and she said, I got a question. I said, yes, ma'am. She says, I do a report every month. It takes me 40 hours. Wow. And I said, okay, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure where you're going with this. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll tell you where I'm going with this. Nobody's ever come in and read the book, and I've been here 10 years. I said, wow, you're spending 40 hours a month to do a report that nobody's looked at. And I looked over at the executive director and I said, uh, do you need that report? He goes, I don't even know what that report is. <laughs> and I wow. said, I think we would all agree in this room that you could eliminate 40 hours worth of labor. Yeah. Boom, just, just that one conversation we've eliminated. Wow. And you, got, you have to sit down and rethink your whole work environment. We're doing stupid stuff because we've always done stupid stuff. It's the way we've always done it. That's the worst phrase yeah, I've ever heard. The absolutely. way we've always done it. Absolutely. So you opened up a can. I, I did. Know? I did. I love it, though. I love it because it, it's a uh, – now, the first thing I thought of as soon as you said about that lady who stood up and said, look, here's what I've been doing, and I'm assuming she said that in front of her bosses and oh, yeah. her executives, I'm wondering how that conversation or how the environment, if, if there was any tension afterwards, right? Because they're probably looking at her like, Peggy – couldn't you tell me that before? <laughs> Why do you have to wait for a seminar to bring that up unless she has brought it up in the seminar uh, before and just leadership hasn't listened? I just don't know. But all I know is good for her for standing up and having the uh, backbone to say that. Oh, yeah. yeah it worked out good. Well, normally you would get pushback from the executive director. Yeah. But he's a friend of mine. He actually brought me in because he used to work for me at the police department before ah. he became an executive director of this organization. So he was open to change. And that was the purpose of bringing me in. But if you were dealing with a, just a general CEO, they would look at you like, you didn't bring that to my attention. And now you're yeah. doing it in front of this consultant. <laughs> now I'm embarrassed. So you're going to pay the piper in the end. You know? yeah, it, it, and, and that it shouldn't be that way, right? Because that shows right. that there isn't any trust between the ranks and have an open and honest, candor conversation. Um, but unfortunately, that does happen. But the name of your book is the Amazon bestseller, Work Jockey, Work Less, Live More, Accomplish More, and Be Happy. Man, let me tell you, I wish I could put that at the bottom of my business card. Seriously, <laughs> the work less, live more, accomplish more, and be happy. Because, you know, it's easy to talk and say that and say this is what we need to do and you know this is it's a completely different monster to actually put it in place um so this book it's so people can find it on on amazon correct yes it's on amazon it's uh, in print on demand it's digital and i went to new york and recorded the audio version of that thing so we, oh. we have it on audio as well so it is you so if i pull down the uh, the audible version of it it really is you doing it Absolutely. I would, awesome. I, it, you know, when you write a book, nobody wants to hear from the other guy. They want to hear from you. <laughs> That's true. You know? Now, there probably are some actors that probably would sound a whole lot better than me, but that's not the point. Yeah. If, you're, if you're wanting to hear from the author, you want to hear their voice on there, even if it's not as good as some of these well, actors. You're right. You know what, though, Sam? <laughs> it's, I'm a big reader. I love reading. Uh, so, it's, so one of the things that gets me about these, these audio books, I try to listen to them in the car. 
it does not work for me. It doesn't work for me at all. Because when I read a book, I have a mental argument with the author, right? Because I'm like, that's not true. And I circle it and then I research it. Two pages down, that's not true. And then I circle out, well, yeah, he's right. Or, oh, this is interesting. I can't do that in the car, right? I can't do that. It's uh, because obviously if I'm going to put the audible on, right, that, that means I'm doing something else. Um, but I'm definitely going to pick this up because I do want to accomplish more and be happy. I mean, who doesn't, right? Who here says, I don't want to accomplish anything and be miserable? You know what? Let me shut up because I'm pretty sure there are some people out there who really do wish that. <laughs> so I'm going to stop right there. All right. So Sam Slay, he is going to be at the Space Coast HR Conference April 20th, 2022. Tickets are still available. www.spaceghosthrconference.com. Sam, thank you very much for your time. How can people reach you directly? It's easy to email Sam at samslay.com, like Slay the Dragon. I <laughs> got it. <laughs> yeah. And your your company is called 357 Solutions Incorporated. I'm assuming it's the website is 357solutions.com, or is there a different? Yes, no, you're correct. I, look correct. at that. Dude, I assume the it. book information <laughs> is on there, too. So if they want to look over the book on the, uh, on the website, they can get it there as well. Roger that. Well, Sam, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it, and I will see you in, in a few months, sir. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my gosh. Ricky. 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 Dude. Really? Look, when was the last time you've heard somebody get up on stage and just do a, a an H, not an HR seminar, but trying to teach your organization about leadership, how to focus on empowerment, how to make sure that everybody is working as efficiently as possible? From somebody who's not even human resources. I mean, it, it, it's it's Sam did an amazing job. Uh, it's conveyed to me. It, it's look this conversation to me. I just want to have a beer with the guy, right? <laughs> he's he's a former cop, retired yeah. from there, turn turn um um, um consultant. Um, his consultancy is Seven Fifty Seven Solutions. As you as you've heard, I'm, I'm the only one who who figured. Oh, okay, he named that after the gun. Where everybody else who's heard that uh, that um, uh, company name, three fifty seven solutions, they just thought that um, he was making a play of a lot of organizations that do three sixty solutions or three sixty feedback, right? He's like, I'm gonna do it for three three degrees less. <laughs> so, dude, <laughs> he was a great guy to talk to him, and I cannot wait to see him in April. So, Sam, see you then, brother. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the the sister company, the nine millimeter solutions. I hear it's pretty. <laughs> Might be a popular one, you know. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, there is something that we forgot to uh, bring into the program earlier. Folks let you see life from another perspective. They can expand the mind and awareness. These are inspirational quotes. Let's kick you by. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, inspirational quotes. With Ricky Bias. All right. I actually had to coach somebody on this this week. Never, ever treat your employees like they don't have an option. Because if you keep treating them like they don't have an option, and you keep treating them like crap, you're going to put them in a position that they'll have no choice but to find a different option other than you. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, from the words of Ricky to you, treat your employees poorly and you lose them.
You no, will he, lose them. I mean, that, that's right. <laughs> yep. They will uh, 100% walk. 100% right. They will walk. There's a lot of stuff about that that we see all over the internets nowadays. You know, you sit home and the work day's done, the work week's done, and you start browsing your phone, checking things out. And now the number one app and website in the entire world, TikTok, takes over. Your friends start sending you TikTok upon TikTok upon TikTok. And the next thing you know, the algorithm totally, completely understands that you're in human resources, that you've got something to do with something. And then you start to come across these stuff and things. And you say to yourself, wow, this was a deep one. This one really resonated. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your weekly TikTok segment on HR Talk. All right. This one is from Danielle underscore Havelston. Men will literally finance a truck for 96 months. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's check this one out. All right. Men will literally finance a truck for 96 months instead of going to therapy. Okay, let's not exclude men, but let me explain something to you. Therapy, out-of-pocket, approximately $150-$200 a session, twice a week. Okay? You with me? $1,600 a month, right? This, 6-7 Platinum, and all my dogs, I got, for 60 months, $750 a month with down payment. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying it's financially smarter than therapy, and this... This gives me something to live for. I'm happy. <laughs> Danielle. Danielle Halverson. You know what? She's kind of got a point there. Okay. Oh. <laughs> that one got you a okay. little bit, huh? I was on board yeah. until she said $750 a month. Well, okay, okay. Think about this, though. With some therapy sessions that are out there, especially for those in human resources, I'm not saying you or anyone else, Rick, but there's other people out there. You had a tough week. You go. You're paying your money. Maybe your insurance covers it. Maybe it doesn't. You're probably you're probably getting close to that $750 a month mark anyways. You're right. I'm not doubting that at all. It's just it's just for me to hear somebody paying three hundred dollars less than what a mortgage would cost yeah. on a truck. Now nobody saw the video. That was a pretty sweet truck, yeah, right? No, I, can, I can see awesome. where she's coming from, right? So that would really good do some good therapy. It takes you places. All you got to do is give it some gas, depending how much gas you give it, and go into the woods. All it's of a it. beautiful truck. All of it. You give it all. You give it all the gas. <laughs> like it's a, it doesn't take pretty a little much. bit of gas. It's all the gas. <laughs> You know, 800 feet per gallon. Yeah, oh, right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and then the other man. side of it all is probably her work truck, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so well, you know mo- what? So think about that then, too. If if it's your work truck, it's also your office. You know, you're working out of that for the majority of the day anyways, too. So tax deductions. Okay, got it. It's, it's so a totally different ball of wax. I might do that. <laughs> I work from home, but mobile, I might just get a truck. Just mobile HR her. services by Ricky Baez. <laughs> just show up with a loud truck, you know, some reggaeton music playing, you know. Mobile HR. I get there. I get out. I start yelling, treat your people good. Get back in my truck and leave. Pay me. Dude, I got it. <laughs> I got it. I'm going to have a huge Baez learning and HR talk flag on the back. 
and just cook out afterwards. I love it's it. It's not going to make any sense. All right, our TikTok segment continues, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what do you got, Ricky? I have. Watch your little secret from Reddit with a three <laughs> dot Bailey. Check this out. Okay. What's your dirty little secret? A coworker retired and I inherited one of his reports, which is one of my employer's key performance metrics. Every two weeks, it would take him an entire eight hour day to complete. The first week, I was able to automate most of it down to one hour. Over the next nearly 10 years, I've improved it to the point that it runs in less than a minute, then 14 minutes to quality check it. I then spend the next eight hours surfing Reddit, watching movies, <laughs> doing whatever I want in my office from home. All this time, I've told my boss it takes me eight hours to perform, and sometimes I'll tack on extra hours because of technical issues. No questions asked as long as it's in his inbox by Cobb Friday. About eight years ago, I had a conversation with a coworker who works for my boss's boss. It turns out he receives the report on Monday and never reads it. It gets filed away and the only time they get looked at is during an audit. I've had to discuss the reports just twice and showed them in SOP. I wrote that demonstrates how it's done without the automation. Auditor checks the box. Next item. Whenever I'm on vacation, I turn the SOP over to someone else who'll have to compile the report by hand. When I get back, they've always mentioned, how do you do all that in just eight hours? At this point, I've charged my boss nearly an entire year for sitting on my ass. <laughs> What's your dirty little secret? A coworker re- <laughs> okay, HR guy, dissect it. All right, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you old speak HR answer, and I'll give you the true today forward-thinking HR answer. <laughs> all right. And it's funny because Sam and I just talked about that over uh, on uh, on uh, his segment where he was in a seminar and somebody raised her hand about a report she yeah. spends 40 hours a month on, right? Right. So, okay. So in this one, um, all right, here's the old speak HR answer. You should have told us that you became more efficient at it so we can give you more work. <laughs> right? Right. Should have done that. Right. Now, forward speak HR, here's, here's how I would think. Like, look, um, I wish you would have told me that. Right. But look, you did your job. I'm paying you for this job. So thank you. Done. Over and done with. Thank you very much for sending this over. But now that is from the work perspective. Right. But then I will question why that 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 uh, that spreadsheet is needed. If the big boss's boss is not even reading it. So why even do it? So I would have canceled it. But hold on. It brings up a good point. It brings up a good point. Let's say you hire this person as a consultant. Right. And you've seen in the past that a specific job that this consultant is going to do for you takes maybe – they've charged you maybe 10 hours before. All right. This new person did the same work, if not better, in half the time. Would you be inclined to pay them the uh, same as you did last time for the different person? Ooh, that's a, that's a tough one there, Ricky. Well, I mean it's probably already negotiated and on the table that way. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, l- l- let's say the person says it'll take me 10 hours to do yeah. and actually do it in five. Well, at, at that point, it's, I mean, it's contracted services. They do what they yep. do. You know, you're still receiving the bundle that you requested and required. But I think once, once you come into the no, when, once you have that uh, constructive knowledge of, of what this takes, it changes the paradigm of, of what you could expect in the marketplace. That's one of the interesting things is, when we think about the people that we employ and that we hire as we continue to transition digitally nowadays or mm-hmm. start to take a look at, you know, it had an advanced and forward way of working technologically, it's really imperative to employ people or, or surround yourself with people rather that will give you the true scoop because you're, yeah. you're evolving at the same time. And maybe you are that leader 
who's always at the tip of the spear, but you're you're lacking maybe a little bit in the technological sense. Surround yourself by good people that you could trust. Build the culture of trust, and and shift that paradigm, man. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to use uh, cliches out of the box. You know, <laughs> even though I just did <laughs> like forty times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? So, Seriously, though, surround yourself by some people and, and get a better handle on this stuff, so that you know and understand what it really takes to get something like that done and adjust to the market accordingly. Or if you got a great group of people, you've hired the right people with the right skill set for the right jobs within your organization, and they produce top notch for you, who cares how fast they do it as long as they give it to you within time? And if you're out skiing or water skiing or jet skiing at two in the afternoon on a Tuesday, I don't care as long as you produce for me. So there's an excellent point to talk about real quick here. Are you paying for the the service and, and delivery of of what it is you seek or are, are you also paying for that person's knowledge and, and how they fit into your culture? I mean, granted, you, you might be paying someone to be part of your HR team more than what you feel you should, but the knowledge that they're bringing to the table and, and being a key figure within your team is sometimes more valuable than what you could get just by right. purchasing a service over and over and over again. Unless you're getting into that from the right consultant, of course. Or some HR guy who just pulls up in a truck with a grill in the back. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. So if me as a leader, I'm focused on results. I'm focused on getting a result by X time. And if I get it by X time, who cares? Seriously, who cares? I don't care if you're out jet skiing. I don't care if you're doing this. As long as you, anything other than that is considered micromanagement. And as you think about micromanaging your dinner at the end of the workday, trying to stay with all your greens, you might be cursing a little bit because you had to put in that workday all alone. Maybe no one showed up. Our next TikTok is going to get directly into that. What do you got, Rick? All right. I have Dino Ventura 101. Everyone is worth nowadays. You know, I fill them up all the time, give people whatever they want, give them, pay them as what they want to be. No one shows up. I don't know what to these generation, society of, but this is ridiculous. I'm 30 years old. I'm in that same as some of these idiots. Ridiculous. Anybody's looking for a job and wants to move to Team Wisconsin, let me know. I'll give you work till you're in the face. I don't even care anymore. I'll pay you whatever you want. Wow. <laughs> he's got a shop. He's got cabinets. He's got doors. He's got all this stuff laid out. He's got the shop ready to go. He's got back orders. He's got the whole nine. Racine, Wisconsin. And people just are not showing up to work, dude. I got questions. I got questions. I know how this video came across. I know the 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 trying to paint. How much you paying, brother? How much you paying? Because if you pay minimum wage, and by the way, that is your right to do so. If you're paying minimum wage, this is a result of you paying minimum wage. 
I would understand your rationale if you was paying twenty, thirty, thirty-five dollars an hour. Nobody still, still nobody wanted to to uh, come to work. I would get that. I would want to know how much he's paying. You know what? I'm gonna check the. I, I, I'd like to challenge you on something real quick. Uh, okay. Maybe we could uh, talk to the social media coordinators that we have our our volunteer staff because HR Talk can't pay anyone. And uh, <laughs> make no money. Yeah, no, there's nothing in this. Trust me, there is nothing yeah. in this. Um, yeah. yeah, talk to them and see if they can reach out to Dino Ventura 101. See if he'd be willing to come on the program. It'd be it would be yes. a real good chat between the three of us. Yep. And yep. Uh, yeah, let's let's see what we can do, dude. What do you think about that? I think that'd be a great idea. I will let them know to uh, to the social media department that we have here at a HR Talk, a well oiled machine. Yeah, it's um, one seventy-year-old lady with that Puerto Rican accent. Uh, yeah, I know she does a great job. <laughs> She's great, fantastic. Great job. I love her. She's awesome. I, I love, love my aunt. <laughs> All right, this next well, one actually, is. Hang on, though. I I do too. <laughs> I mean, she's really great. She is. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> this next one is Christopher Claflin, and there's no. Wait a minute. Facebook stock just got a blurry. Oh, we're talking about Facebook stock. Here we go. Check it out. So yesterday, Facebook, or Meta as they're calling themselves, had the single biggest drop in stock market history. In a matter of minutes, over $328 billion of value was lost in the company. And the reason is Meta reported a $10 billion loss for 2021. They said it's because of their investment in the metaverse, but for anybody that's been paying attention, you know that the real reason is because their main products, Facebook and Instagram, are dying. Advertisers have been pulling their budgets from the platforms because ROI on those advertising dollars is going down, and that's because users are leaving both platforms in droves. Now, This is happening because Meta's strategy over the last decade has been to spot up-and-coming competing apps, copy their features, and shoehorn them into Facebook and Instagram's feature set. IGTV was launched to compete with YouTube, Stories was launched to compete with and destroy Snapchat, and as soon as TikTok became popular, we saw the rollout out of reels. Now the thing is, when Meta launches a new feature, they do it for one reason and one reason only, to make money. Both Facebook and Instagram have been so (laughs) saturated with ads that users are starting to feel the strain because the experience of the user is hardly ever thought about when it comes to Facebook or Instagram. Whatever made Instagram or Facebook special in the beginning, it's no longer there because Meta's strategy has been to steal content and features from other apps and try to make Facebook and Instagram the place where you can go to do everything. Mm. But it means that neither one of those platforms are the best at anything. So now with TikTok dominating the social media landscape, Facebook and Instagram, they've alienated their users with too many ads, divisive content, data scandals, misuse of personal information, the list goes on and on. And all of it has been at the expense of their users' experience, the people that pay the bills. So the company's investment in the metaverse is interesting because nobody trusts Meta, and they're certainly not going to entrust the company to be the steward of the future online environment that's being built, which makes you wonder if the company even has a future at all. Now, maybe Meta isn't going anywhere, or maybe we're watching the beginnings of the company implode, much the same way that MySpace did in the mid-2000s, when everybody woke up one day and all together decided, you know what? we don't want this anymore. And it's just a reminder that billionaires are not nearly as powerful as everybody seems to think that they are. It's actually us who have the power because all we have to do is collectively just say no to whatever they have to offer. Because at the end of the day, this is far more powerful in our hands than it is in theirs. And personally, 
I would love to see a world where Instagram and Facebook and anything that Mark Zuckerberg has had his hands in just doesn't exist. But that's just my opinion. Ooh, wow. What do you think about all this? Throwing blows, brother. Christopher. Christopher Claffin, throwing blows. And you know what? He's got a point, Rick. I need to address something first real quick. Uh Uh-oh. Why don't we have dramatic music when we're talking? Oh, we can't afford it. Oh, dude, that was that's yeah. the only reason I was so interested in this clip. That weird <laughs> that weird documentary style you music know here's, behind them. Here's one of the cool things about TikTok is uh when you use their app, there's a, there's a whole series of of clips and different musical pieces that are are already cleared for use depending on their length and duration. And it's part of what makes the entire thing work and click. When you get outside of TikTok and you come on a, a program, uh, I mean, if it's educational, informational, there's there's all these different rules. There's a whole bunch of garbage going on. Crazy it's, it's different when you get into the S. It's, it's crazy, though, when we think about this with the tiki-taki compared to the Facebookings and Instagrams and all that. Like, you and I could have a conversation right now about Reykjavik, Iceland, and taking a vacation there. And then next thing you know, you open up your phone, and you're going to receive advertisements on Facebook to go to Reykjavik, Iceland. However, over in TikTok land, you're going to get an advertisement for a new uh, churrasco uh, seasoning for your steak, because that's what you actually like, and that's what you're like. It figured Their algorithm figured it out, and they didn't have to listen in on you to make it happen, you know? I don't know. The whole thing's it's scary. But we're talking billions of dollars slipped away from the guy. He had a he had a meeting. He was like crying. He was crying in the in the <laughs> meeting. And he's like, Oh, I just got I got allergies. It's COVID. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and he's like, You just lost billions of dollars. Of course. No, you're not sad. Yeah, no, we believe you. I I don't think he's sad. I don't think a guy who lost billions of dollars in a quarter and is still considered a billionaire and wears the same T-shirt to every picture, every vacation, every workday ever, I don't feel bad for it, right? It's not like he has a big wardrobe to keep up with or a big lifestyle, right? So he's still a billionaire. It's I don't think this is a dump on Facebook. I think this is a shift. This really is a shift. This meta thing is genius, JC. I really think I, I really think Facebook hit a home run with this meta thing. And I don't know if you've ever explored the metaverse or tried those Oculus things. And But I truly do believe the things you and I do here right now, the things a lot of HR consultants do, they do these webinars, these training. I do believe in five or 10 years, they're going to be almost ex- exclusively be conducted in a rea- in, the, in an augmented reality type of an environment. Well, just how the metaverse is. Well, you're driving around in your Ford F750. <laughs> Our right. TikTok segment continues here. We got a few more to get through, and these are just always fun because, look, you get on the TikTok, you don't know what you're going to get, and then you get Dude. these, and we get to dissect them from the HR perspective and, and talk That's about right. it. Like, I don't know, it's normal. And because like we always it is, do. it is, it's yeah. normal now. This is your it's life. Like we're in a mask. This. Yeah. Oh, that. You're nor- you haven't normalized wearing a mask, or no? No. So you have to get used to not wearing that. Wearing one now. No, no, no. I'm, I'm good. Not having one. No, we're cool. Just right. do what I do. Grow your beard out long enough so you can flip it back up and just tape it around your mouth. All right. So this next one is coming to us from <laughs> Cheese Fries Thirty Three. Here's the gig about Cheese Fries Thirty Three. She's one of the funniest people on TikTok. She is from the Central Florida area, 
been following oh. her on TikTok since uh, the pandemic started. She's hysterical. And believe it or not, her husband is a United States Marine as well. Uh, uh, oh. Really? Yeah, Let's man. Let's check this out. She's funny. Mm. I don't know. So, you said like check playing. it out. What's no, going it's on? playing. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah, we got nothing. Why are you not playing TikTok? Is this part of it? Nope. Not part no, of hold it. Hold on. Hold on, hold ladies on. and gentlemen, this is live to tape. This is the fun that yeah. actually happens. Go ahead, refresh that while you're padding. You know, I'm going to pad real quick. My job has this really cool thing. Um, basically, if you do your job really well, then you can do other people's job too for no extra money. <laughs> My job has this really cool thing. Um, basically, if you do your job really well, then you can do other people's job too for no, ex- <laughs> for no, for ex- no extra money. money. <laughs> And yet, I still don't know what, what she means by cheese fries 33. Okay, got it. Um, if you're in that situation, folks, where you are awesome at what you do with your job and your boss recognizes that and they're like, oh, my God, can you work on Johnny's stuff because he sucks at life and doesn't give you any kind of compensation, you may be entitled for compensation because you got shitty leadership. That's exactly what that is. It is crappy leadership. That's exactly what it is. Here's what should happen for somebody who does an amazing job. I like the way she Thank put it. Thank you very out. much. She's like, yeah, we got this cool thing at work. <laughs> you know? Like it's a perk. Yeah. It's a perk, yeah, right? It's a it's perk, like, man. They listed. It's it's a line item on your total compensation package. Look, That's exactly it's, what it's it is. It's all about trying to like work up. Right? So if you have that opportunity when you're with us where you complete your tasks in four hours, we will definitely let you use those other four to do the job of your supervisor or your supervisor's supervisor. <laughs> There's no problem with that. We have opportunity for you. No problem. And all that is is leadership afraid to hold the other person accountable. That's what's happening. The other person's not being held accountable. They're afraid of having a conversation with that person. So they take Cheese Fries 33 over here and say, all right, let's let Cheese Fries do it. She'll do anything, right? And and it's just it's what's going to end up happening. You're going to push your rock stars like her away to work somewhere else, and you'll be stuck with people who do nothing, just nothing to get paid. So it sucks. It sucks. All right. Here's this next one. This is Billionaire Hustler. Sign about T-Pain. I don't know. Let's check it out. Because I done did so much shit for so many people that don't give a fuck about how hard I work for. And I'm going to fucking do this shit for myself now. You feel what I'm saying? So my passion for helping people has dumbed down. Because I figured out that people don't give a fuck about how much you help them. People give a fuck about how much they benefit off of you helping them. Because I done did. Oh, he's. Oh, that is. That's for real. It is. I just want to see the last part of this clip because I'm pretty sure once he's done talking, the guy's like, dude, I just asked you if you were hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you're going down this road. <laughs> no, but hold on. Let's talk about that for okay. a second. All right. No, All right. I don't have any more TikToks. That's the last one for that one. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. T-Pain. T-Pain's the last one, man. Um, That's flawed, right? It's just the people he's been around. The people apparently the people he's been around has screwed him over to the point that he's more looking into himself. And I get why he would be that way. But what you're doing when you take that mentality is those few times with those rock hard people, those people who really are 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 there to see you succeed. You're going to F them over in the process just because of your previous experience with other people who don't care about you. 
So I it's I don't know if that's the right way to do it, but all right, sure, T Pain. I guess that's T Pain, right? I just say you know that what? because I saw the name. It doesn't um, look like him. No, it's not T Pain. He was all just right. tagging T Pain. Why don't you go back to the list and let's grab the next one that's in line there? It actually has um it's titled Dollar Motivation Club on TikTok. It's all about uh, Mark Zuckerberg, believe it or not. It ties in directly uh to what we we're talking about here. That one would definitely be uh worth one more play here in this segment. Tying things together from what we've talked about so far. Is he crying? Okay, hold on. Let's do this. Let's do this. Here we go. Mark Zuckerberg allegedly cried during a meeting with Facebook staff after losing $30 billion in one day. Meta, Facebook's parent company, lost $237 billion in the largest ever one-day drop in stock market history. And as a result, Mark Zuckerberg lost $30 billion from his net worth, knocking him out of the top 10 richest people in the world. Zuckerberg told his employees that the drop was due to a weak revenue forecast as the company faces an unprecedented level of competition from TikTok and told them to focus on video products as a result. He held a company wide meeting that same day where he was wearing glasses and appeared red-eyed and warned he might start crying because he scratched his eyes. But to me, this shows <laughs> losing $30 billion really got to him, or it's just a really awkward time to get pink eye. Mark Zuckerberg allegedly cried. <laughs> An awkward time to get pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. I wasn't expecting that one. Or, no. or this is the way of the aliens showing that, uh, yeah, you know, their new prototype uh, Android can actually cry and show emotion. That's probably what happened there. I didn't think he was capable of doing that. Yeah, yeah Mark right. Zuckerberg. Right. I never see him sad or happy. Have you? No, he has no emotions. That man None. is. Yeah, there's there's no emotions on that man. There are no emotions on that man. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that is <laughs> that has been our TikTok segment. It's been our pleasure to do that TikTok segment for you here. It on really the was. HR it was Talk podcast. If uh, you ever come yeah. across a TikTok that you want us to see or check out, let us know. It's time for Florida Man Stories. Florida Man Stories this week brought to you in part by... The 9mm firm, the sister company that, no, I'm kidding, it's Biasco, Biasco <laughs> Learning, Biasco Learning, where you can learn things with stuff. Hey, um, The Biasco way. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. That's right. Ricky yeah. Baez, you have your choice out of which one of these you want to hear today. Florida man makes two holes in one in a four-hole stretch. Florida man who was arrested in Elkridge pleads guilty to federal conspiracy charges related to COVID-19 relief. Or Florida man crawls through ambulance window in carjacking attempt. Which one would you like to hear? The carjacking attempt. Of course you would, Ricky (laughs) Baez. So this one is coming to us from Fox 13 in Memphis. Oh. Out of Lauder Hill, Florida. Firefighters in South Florida thwarted a man who attempted to carjack one of their vehicles Tuesday night, according to authorities. A man later identified as Freddie Ross, 30 years old, scaled a seven-foot fence behind a fire station and entered the vehicle, according to the Sun Sentinel. Firefighters said Ross, who had been running frantically towards the fire station at about 8.44 p.m. Eastern Time, crawled through a window in the fire ambulance, turned on the sirens, and attempted to back out of a driveway. He became aggressive with the crew, trying to force his way into the ambulance. This coming from Jeff Levy, assistant chief of Lauderdale Fire Rescue, as he told WPLG-TV, quote, he tried to open up the driver's side door, eventually crawling through the driver's side window and over the driver. 
You too could watch a video of that. It's online. Stop by the Florida Sun South Florida Sun Sentinel uh, site for that. But after Ross entered the vehicle, the fire crew inside the ambulance jumped out of it to call the police. Now, according to the TV crew, they said it was a frantic scene. Crew members believed Ross was safely contained inside the truck and would not be able to harm himself or others. But then the Florida man, Ross, managed to put the vehicle in reverse. Firefighter Devin uh, Devich Namorin told WSVN-TV that the incident was shocking, crazy, and the last thing that you would expect to happen. As soon as the truck started rolling backwards, we thought, what could possibly happen if he takes the truck? (laughs) With the truck still in reverse, the firefighters ran back and pulled Ross out of the ambulance. The incident was captured on video by Lauderhill Fire Rescue. And while waiting for the arrival of Lauderhill police, the firefighters were able to maintain their composure, de-escalate the situation, and keep the male subject calm. Due to the quick actions of the two Lauderhill firefighters, they were able to prevent serious injuries to motorists and prevent damage to the ambulance and other property. Quote, we train for a lot of things, but this is one of those things. You just expect the unexpected, and it was unexpected. And we handled it the best way that we possibly could. May, uh, Major Michael Santiago, a spokesperson for the Lauderhill Police Department, said Ross is under medical care and is not yet facing charges. This is from Fox 13 in Memphis. Stop by fox13memphis.com, as well as the other sources listed here. This is being shared for educational and informational purposes. Ricky Baez, what are your thoughts from an HR perspective when you put your HR hat on and think about this? in regards to your employees in this situation? I got two trains of train. <laughs> train for thought. I have two trains of thought here. Thank you. Sorry. Um, okay. HR hat on, right? I'm interviewing those firefighters that was in the back of the ambulance. We jumped off. We don't want to cause any more serious injury. All right. Good job. Good job. All right. Fine. That's, that's exactly how you're supposed to do. Let me take my HR hat off a little bit. You didn't find that one opportunity to grab the guy by the neck and stop him from taking the ambulance, right? Your first thought was just to get out. I mean, how fast was he going backwards? I mean, it, these are things that are going through my mind. Now, I guess, yes, I'm Monday morning quarterback in this. I get it. I don't know if they had enough time to uh, to uh, react or uh, think about that. But in the time you took to, to read the story, I'm thinking, well, nobody grabbed him? They look over and they're like, that's not the driver. That's not Bobby. Let me grab this guy and stop him from going backwards. That's that's what I would think. He hey, but, you scaled know what? a seven foot fence before this all Iron began. Him. He 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 climbed. Oh, okay, <laughs> let's, guy, let's right? talk about that. Let's <laughs> yeah. talk about that legitimately for a second here. Now, the, I mean, the guy definitely has some things going on, but you're saying Hiram because he's exuding skills, dude. If he scaled that fence. Right. Went over. He scaled that fence, went over, got into a truck, couldn't open it from one side, got it to the other, got it to go in reverse, got people to get out the back. He's got some skill set that the fire department can put to use. Obviously, he's going to he's not going to pass a psyche valve. So that's not going to happen. Right. But dude, due to his physical ability, he sounds like somebody who'll be he great for the people. fire department. Yeah, no, he can yeah, totally he, save he, people he in save cars. People. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, by himself. And and then you find out that he's high in PCP. All right, then give him some PCP. Give it to Bobby so he can go up the uh, up the stairs and not feel anything. And just but but we don't know building. whether or not this guy was associated with any drug use. <laughs> we but don't anyways, know, which is going off that. of the Florida man story from a different state. So I have That's a question for you then. I mean, what yeah. about, okay, let's say he does wind up going to prison. 
okay, and you're in the shoes of the employer, and you saw these feats of unbelievable strength and acuity, and you say to yourself, self, I'm going to work with the powers that be on a work release program to try to bring them into the fold. Is this like trying to convert someone who's the evil character in the movie into the hero? I mean, at at what point does it fail? Is there is there a possibility there? Is that something you would even explore? Honestly, yeah, honestly, this is all all jokes aside, right? If I was if I own an organization that needed physical abilities like that, why not work out some kind of a uh, of a joint release program? Why not work, have a have a conversation with the local government to see if there is a work release where depending on what kind of background or what he has done in the past outside of dealing drugs, arson, ID theft or any violent crimes? Why not rehabilitate the guy? Give him a second chance. Again, I don't know what drove him to to do all those things. But I really think people should be given a second chance at life, depending on what it is that we're giving them a second chance for, especially if they got those skill set. I've seen so many situations where people do things, they get arrested for them or they get in trouble for them. And somebody else sees the value in that skill set and they put them to work. I've seen a lot of situations like that. Ricky Baez, that's kind of interesting, wouldn't you say? I think it is very interesting. Speaking of things that are interesting, depending on your beats per minute. Your heart beats about 100,000 to 115,000 times a day. It pumps 1.5 gallons of blood every minute. And over the course of a day, that adds up to over 2,000 gallons. There's 60,000 miles of blood vessels in your body. That's enough to go all the way around the world twice. And a normal heart pumps about four tablespoons of blood with each beat. The human heart weighs less than one pound. A man's heart is typically two ounces heavier than a woman's, though. And an adult heart, it's about the size of your two hands clasped together, or a child's heart is about the size of a fist. A woman's heart beats slightly faster than a man's. The beating sound your heart makes is caused by the opening and closing of its valves. And speaking of valves, the average heart valve is the size of a half-dollar coin. Among the ancient Romans, the association between the heart and love was commonplace. They held a curious belief about the heart that there was a vein extending from the fourth finger on the left hand directly to the heart. Wearing a wedding ring on that finger goes back to the Romans for this very reason. The heart symbol is central to popular culture just as it's actually instrumental to human survival, pumping our blood and helping circulate oxygen throughout our bodies. With Valentine's Day right around the corner, do you know what Cupid's favorite rock band is? It's heart. These are interesting things. With JC. Here, so, a human... Heart weighs one pound. So here's my silver lining. Somebody calls me heartless. I'm like, all right, going in the right direction for my weight loss. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I'm going in the right. I lost some weight. That's what you're telling me. Thank you for noticing. I love it. I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for final thoughts. Ricky Baez, over to you. Final thoughts. Folks, I had a blast talking to Sam Slay. 
I really did. I, I love seeing how somebody comes from a completely different uh, career path and ends up in human resources, ends up in leadership, and ends up talking about um, the human element of influencing. And the reason I like it is because no matter where you are, what industry you're in, uh, human influence is human influence, and he does a really good job at it. Final thoughts is don't forget about the influence you put on people. Yes, Jesse. You, you said human elephant? Influence. Influence. Element. Ele ele elements. Elements. Element. Human elements. Elements. Human right. beings. <laughs> <laughs> elements. I love this stuff. Human beings. The human elephants. <laughs> so Ricky's good. vocabulary salad. All good. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been HR Talk. You caught Sam Slade today with Ricky Baez <laughs> on that one-on-one -on -one interview. And it's our pleasure to be back here for you, dissecting all the amazing things that happen on the internets for educational and informational purposes. And to that, you too can earn six education credits towards your recertification associated with your human resource Uh Permit, Stop. license, is the permit? Yeah. It should be like a permit, I guess, right? Permit to live. Yeah, that's what it yeah. is. Your permit to work. <laughs> yeah, your work permit, basically. <laughs> I don't know. You you could <laughs> you can still work in HR without this certification though, but you you're just not going to be thought of as highly as having an HRCI right. or, or Sherm accredited backdrop on that. So you know, stop by, check us be out. Richer. We'll see you in yeah. April. 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 Oh, yeah. Tell us about April, Rick. Where is it? What time? Cape Canaveral, Florida, April 20th, 2022. We're going to be there all day. All day. 7.30 a.m. till, I don't know, 4 or 5 p.m. And we look www.spacecoasthrconference.com. And we look there. forward to you stopping by, grabbing your tickets at spacecoastconference.com. Uh, we'll see you there. It's going to be a great day. I'm JC. On behalf of Ricky Bias, the entire HR Talk podcast team, our social media coordinator, who is 70 years old and volunteers, and we can't afford to pay, as well as the face of the franchise, the guy on the cover art, and uh, Ricky's puppy, who's who's probably about 17 years old now. We all thank you for tuning in and being here, and we'll see you again next week. That's, that's the week after. That's next week. Yep. I'm, gonna, I'm hanging out with the face of the franchise tonight. He's coming over for uh, we're having a Super Bowl get together. It's going to be interesting. His family's going to be here too. Are you going to pay him finally? He owes me money. <laughs>